Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Ridgeview Church. We're so glad that you, uh, you joined us this morning. Um, I just thought I'd point it out as we're singing a song about we depend on God. It's all unraveling, uh, our equipment and technology and all the plans. And I thought, like, that's a great picture. The guitar's not working. We're not sure what to do. And we're singing the words, I depend on you. And, and that's a lot how life is. And this series is actually a lot like that, like all the things that we experience in life that come at us that we're not sure how to process, we're not sure what to do, but we have lots of feelings about it. We have lots of things that causing us to, to react in the moment, oftentimes in high stress, high stakes situations. And so uh, we're glad that you're here to join us on this Super Bowl Sunday. Just so we get it out of the way, who's rooting for the Niners today? I do see a Niners jersey there. Chiefs? Oh, a little quieter, but that's okay. We see you, okay? We, uh, we're not taking sides here at Ridgeview Church, um, but we, uh, we're glad that you decided to join us. Uh, this series is about our emotions, and um, emotions are actually a, a gift from God. I, I believe that emotions were given to us to add a layer of depth to life, to the human experience, to add uh, levels of being able to express things that, that we do experience. But at the same time, uh, emotions have a way of just taking us in a direction oftentimes before uh, we even realize we're going down that path. Um, memes, uh, any meme fans, like do anyone here, like you like to send memes to certain people in your life, like you're, you know, I love memes. Memes have a way of expressing things that we feel and somebody's like kind of expressing, you're like, you know what, that's exactly how I feel. Here, here's some I found that I, I thought were, were humorous. The phrase, don't take this the wrong way, has a 0% success rate. Like, like, that's a fact, but there's a lot of emotion to that. Because if you've ever been told that, you know that that's absolutely true. Don't take this the, the wrong way. You're like, okay, there's about to be a blow that I'm about to experience. And here's another one. El Arroyo has some good ones. There, this is, due to inflation, the five-second rule has been extended to 10 seconds. Like, I feel that. At my house, that might be 30 minutes, right? Like, okay. Due to inflation, and then here's another one. 2020 will be better in 2023, and here we are just hoping that this year, this year, but we, we tend to feel that a lot of times these things, like we, we feel in our, in our experiences, and then you get on the internet, and there's people that express, you're like, that's exactly how I feel about certain things in life, and so our emotions are real. So this series isn't about trying to discount what we feel. Because what we feel is actually real. But how do we process the emotions when oftentimes what we feel is so strong and may not always be the first action? So the strong feeling may not support the first action that we should take. And so this series is about unpacking that. So today I'm going to be highlighting kind of the overview of emotions from a biblical standpoint, put in the categories of, okay, when I have an emotion, when I have a reaction, um, how should I think about that? And we have to think about that on the front end uh, before we, we act or we can find ourselves in, in, a, lot of, in a lot of trouble. Uh, the definition of, of triggered, it's not on the screen, but it means this. Occurring in response to a stimulus typically perceived as negative or harmful, caused to feel an intense and usually negative emotional reaction. So most of the time when you're triggered about something, it's negative and it's strong and it's intense. So if you think about that in terms of like a wave, that's like a tidal wave of emotion. It just comes and it comes crashing down. Um, and we are, we're, we're affected by it. But in this series, we're going to talk about how do we actually master our emotions so they don't master us. 
how do we control our thoughts as well as our emotions? And how are those two things uh, connected? Um, I don't know if any of you have heard of Ben Shapiro. He's like a, maybe a conservative, conservative political commentator, uh, author. But he has this phrase, and you'll see it up here. Facts don't care about your feelings. Anyone ever heard that? Right? Like, facts don't care about your feelings. And, and, and that's true. Uh, there are facts, and there's facts that exist regardless of how we feel. But I think today's mantra, there's even more of a wave of this idea, and that is feelings don't care about your facts. And I think this is what a lot of people deal with. You may deal with this. I may deal with this. It's the idea of like, yeah, I get your facts. I see your facts. I hear your facts. But I'm feeling a certain way, and that feeling is stronger than your fact. And so, therefore, it feels like we should follow the feeling because we want to follow the stronger pull. And without categorizing our emotions or without having the right approach, especially if you're a Christ follower, like a biblical like approach to our emotions, then we just tend to go with what leads us strongest. We tend to go just what pulls us, you know, in the, in the way that has the, the, the biggest pull in our life. And so let's just do a series preview so you kind of know where we're, we're headed. I'm going to talk about some specific emotions in this series. The first is today, just a, an overview. And next week, we're going to talk about anger. Uh, anger is a very strong emotion that we have, and there's righteous anger according to Scripture. It says, in your anger, do not sin. So there's a part of anger where we could have it but not sin, but then a lot of times there's anger and there is sin. So what do we do with those emotions? Um, if you've ever struggled, struggled with anger, uh, you'll want to be here next week because anger is something that it can impact us, and before we know it, we can be very triggered by anger. And it could be just hot with just this feeling of of anger that we, we want to express. The week after, we talk about fear, very strong emotion that we face in life. The week after that, we're going to talk about how do we limit sadness? What do we do when we face discouragement, when things are bringing us down? And then the last week of this series, we're going to talk about actually positive. So we're going to bring you down really low. Anger, fear, sadness. But then also, what do you do with things that like are delight and good? And that's important too, because th- that's an emotion. And it's not just emotions are bad and bad, and how do we, how do we kind of run away from them, but, but how do we actually process all, all, all sorts? So depending on that week, or depending on, on the overview, is there one of those emotions that you think you need to like focus on the most in your life? Just look at that list. Not how many of you are like, well, I just need to figure out the light. But that's even like, what do we do with all the good things? And then how do we just be careful of emotions that just always feel good? That has the same kind of pull. For me, as I I look, I think in different times of my life, fear and sadness, those things have had strong pulls. I know family members, that anger, very strong pull. And then just that that need for pleasure, like the delight, that that has a strong pull too. So so I I hope you'll join us. But I want to just talk about the sequence, the sequence of emotions, and then give some biblical categories. So today is like a, a snapshot of ideas to give you the right category to think about emotions because a lot of times we don't talk about emotions, especially in culture. It's just you trust what you feel and you go with what you feel. And so as long as you feel good, that, that is like a popular mantra. But we do need to have like the right categories. And so emotional eruptions you'll see here are triggered by a predictable sequence. There's something that is always happening, and I'm gonna kind of break this down uh, the first is we have a, a precondition. I'll just go over these really quick, quickly. We have a precondition, which leads to the trigger, which leads to the emotional state, which leads to the actions, 
the results, and then the consequences. Most of the time, we don't know that this sequence is happening. We have a feeling, and then we express it. That's pretty much how my life's been. I feel something, and then I do something. But there's actually this sequence which impacts from here to the consequences. And it's important to know that these things impact each other. And so let me just kind of walk through what these mean. The first is the, the precondition. This is just the condition in which you're in, physically, emotionally, situationally, spiritually. So for instance, how many of you find that you're more emotionally triggered when you're tired? I know that's a big factor for me. There's times when I wake up and I'm short on sleep and I already kind of have this, this leaning to being more frustrated. The kids can do something and it sets me off a little bit quicker. Anyone relate to that? The spouse does something. It's just, I'm a little tired, I'm a little frustrated and, and that's my precondition. So it's important to know there's certain things that are going on in us that are gonna impact our reaction. Now what's very interesting about the precondition is most people have no idea that that's happening within you until you react, and now they know. And it's like, whoa! And we come up with the phrase like, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Or don't take this the wrong way. You're cranky, right? But all of these things are happening. Precondition. Well, then there's the the trigger. The trigger is like an event, and the event is something that happens that causes a feeling. And this usually leads to like a cause and effect. So if you wake up and somebody's done an injustice to you, Injustice uh, usually is the trigger to anger. Like if somebody's done something that's in, you know, unjust, it, it's a trigger to anger. If, if somebody's done something to threaten you, you feel a little bit just on edge because of what somebody's doing or saying, like the, the trigger then is, is fear. So injustice, anger, threat, fear. If you experience loss, there's a trigger of loss. That loss leads to sadness. If something is, is good and you get good news, that leads to enjoyment. So oftentimes, depending on our precondition, then what the trigger is will lead it in a certain direction. So if you wake up and it's a good day, and you're like really excited about the day, and then you get good news, you can see like emotionally you're having a really good day. And the coffee just just hit, just perfect. It's the right temperature, the right flavor, right? But then the opposite is true. If you wake up and you're already struggling within you, then there's some bad news, and then that leads down. Then that leads to the next. So from the trigger, it's the emotional state. This is to feel something, and then you express it. Now, in this emotional state right there, this is like that. It's kind of what the Scripture would describe as our heart. It's the cockpit that leads us in a direction. There's precondition. There's the trigger. But then it's our emotional state. We feel something. We express it. That leads to actions. So from that expression, there's thoughts, there's attitudes, there's words, there's deeds, and then it leads to results. Based on my precondition, based on the trigger, based on the emotional state, then my action is either good or bad. Uh, Oftentimes, we just see the result. Like there was a conflict, something blew up. And if you're on the receiving end of that, you're like, I have no idea what's going on with that person. They just snapped, and before we knew it, we were in a full-on argument, and I thought everything was okay. But all this is going on, and we don't, we don't realize it. Sometimes it's going on within us, and we don't even realize it. We're the person that blows up. We're like, I don't even know where that came from. You ever had an emotion that you didn't even realize you had? Right? And you surprise yourself? Think about that. These are strong 
you know, reactions, and sometimes we didn't even know it was in there, and it's ours? That's where emotionals are very interesting. So we have results, good or bad, and then there's consequences. These can be good or bad as well, depending on the results. And you can suffer the results. Depending on what you do or say, there could be pain. You may have damaged control. You may have to rebuild something. Uh, Feeling anger can cause conflict to erupt. Feeling fear can cause us to make decisions out of fear which aren't healthy, which aren't good. And then thinking in it the right way. Reacting the right way can actually be something that could de-escalate a problem. And so this works both ways. Again, with our, with our emotions, all of these things. Uh, I want you to, to have this picture so you know that our emotions are actually a lot more complicated and intentional than we usually tend to think. We usually just think feel and act, feel and act, feel and act. And actually, the world, again, uh, encourages that. Whatever you feel, do it. And then our flesh kind of likes that. Whatever you feel, express it. And then we also have an enemy that's like, yeah, just do it. Go with that impulse. But that's actually not a, a godly way. Because all of this is going on, we need to actually think. And we do need to master our emotions in this whole, this whole process. And so I want to give you just, I guess, an overarching ideas, which has been very helpful for me. And that is to control your emotions. And maybe control is, is not the best word, but the idea of to lead your emotions in a certain way, you have to learn how to evaluate. There's much more than feeling something and acting on something. You have to evaluate it. Is this something that, that is triggering? Is, is this causing this reaction to me? What is this leading me to do? It's like, okay, the water's starting to boil a little bit. The emotion is starting to heat up. I'm feeling this. It's leading me in a direction. And just because you're feeling it, you don't have to act on it. You might have to evaluate. And so to evaluate is, is very important. The reason is this, is negative emotions tend to do three things. And this is for all of us. Negative emotions tend to distort our perspective, meaning you're not quite seeing clearly when negative emotions are on the rise in your life. Would you agree with that? You just don't see clearly because all your, it's like your vision is flooded and it's like filled up. Like if you've ever been swimming and your goggles have a little bit of a leak and, and you can't quite see because there's chlorine in and it's blurry. It, that's what negative emotions are. It's just like your vision is, is distorted. You can't see. Then, because of your perspective, it distorts your priorities. Now the things that weren't so important are important. The things that were important are no longer important. Isn't this crazy? And we all experience this. And this is from emotions, things that we feel. So our perspective is impacted, our priorities are impacted, and then ultimately it damages our stewardships, the things that we're responsible for. Because if the things that we're responsible for are connected to our priorities and our perspective of how we should handle the things that God has given us, this just goes into our relationships and go into our work. Do you think anyone has ever been fired because of an emotional reaction? Yeah. Absolutely. All the time. Think about that. The loss of a income and a means to live comes from an emotion. You ever think fights have broken out because of emotional reactions? Absolutely. All the time. I don't know how many times in my own house... I just take a step back at my own reactions to the thing. I'm like, wow, I just got emotional really quick and I respond in a way that was not helpful. But sometimes it's like in the moment, you're so justified in what you do because it feel, feels so strong. I was thinking about an Old Testament story and I'm just gonna share briefly. It's not, it's not on the screen, so if you can just uh, listen with me. But in Genesis 25, where 
we're introduced to Esau and Jacob. And if you're familiar with the story, uh, they, they, their, their dad was, was, was Isaac, and, and Esau and Jacob is like this tale of, of these two brothers. And in this one instance, talk about an emotional reaction. Esau is the hunter. Uh, Jacob is not the hunter. He's, he's kind of this intelligent guy, and, and Esau is the, the brute strength guy, and, and one parent loves one the other, and, and there's just all sorts of issues and relationships and family dynamics. And you read the Old Testament, and you're like, wow, they're, we are messed up. And then sometimes you read the Old Testament, and you're like, I feel good about my life. <laughs> but in uh, Genesis 25, this is just a story. And Esau sells his birthright. He's the firstborn, just barely. But listen to this story. This is Genesis 25, verse 29. Think of the the emotions that are going on here. Once, when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. You ever been tired? You're so tired. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. So there's exhaustion, and then there's like hungry exhaustion. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Jacob was very cunning. He saw that Esau was at a place of weakness, not only because he was exhausted, but because he was so hungry. He had such a strong impulse that Jacob thought he could leverage. Isn't that just the craziest escalation? I'm really hungry. I want some stew. Sell me your birthright. Like, crazy, how could that even be equal? Well, Jacob knew the strong feeling that Esau had. Esau said, I am about to die. I felt like that sometimes, you know? Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? It's like, listen, I'm I'm just not even gonna make it. So who cares about my birthright? Verse 33, Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew. And it was only lentil stew? Like, come on. Like, like sorry for those who really, really like lentils. That's not birthright stew, okay? <laughs> and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. See all the emotions in that? What's very interesting is Jacob knew enough of the human experience and enough of emotions to know, wow, I actually have a play here. I can manipulate here. I can leverage here. And destinies were changed. The plan that God had for Esau's life uh, was changed. And you could see all of these things that were happening, the exhaustion, the trigger coming in and you're so exhausted and tired and you're so hungry and then you smell the stew. Like, I need that. I need that now. I don't care what the cost is. The reason I bring this up is we're not gonna face probably a scenario that stark. But it's very easy to see the strong feelings that we have that are related to our desire. And oftentimes, the stronger our desire, the stronger the emotion and the greater pull it has. And all of us have to be aware that we're all just in danger of certain shifts to a feeling of a desire that we have for all sorts of things. The desire to to be in control, the desire to to feel good, the desire to not be hurt, the desire to look good, 
all sorts of things that lead to us making decisions. And so we have to move past just the feeling of our desires and then responding to the desires. Because if all you do is feel your desires and respond to them, then your life is made up of just following your feelings. And we end up in that second phrase. My feelings don't care about your facts. But if reality is reality according to God's standards, then we actually can't just follow our feelings. There's a certain reality and a a fact and truth to life. And we have to learn how to balance our emotions in the middle of that. Uh, The normal progression in that emotional reaction is to feel something and to, to express it. You'll see it there. That's the normal emotional state. We feel it, express it. This is, uh, you know, ingrained in us uh, from a young age. If you've ever been a teacher or you have young kids, you see somebody with a knot on their head. And the knot on their head usually comes from something else. And it's usually like a kid if it's a playground setting. And then you talk to the kid that put the knot on the other kid's head. He's like, he said something and I didn't like it. And so I hit him and now there's a knot. And the kids just think, well, I felt it. And then I expressed my, my anger or I was hurt from what you did. And then as we're older, it gets a little bit more sophisticated. We know we can't just kind of take swings and put knots on people's heads. But we do know that inside, because you caused something for me, that trigger, now I have an emotional reaction. I'm going to do something to you. But the biblical just process that we're going to dig in in a moment is this. You have to move from just feeling and expressing it to feeling it. And then you have to decide and then you express it. That middle word right there, the decision, that's the evaluating. That's the difference between just following our emotions and actually allowing the Lord to lead us in the middle of our emotions. That's what the series is gonna be about. How, when we face anger and fear and sadness and even good things, delight, how do we decide and evaluate what to do with those feelings? Again, it's not about being feelingless. Feelings add, again, a lot of great things to life, but they can also lead us in in a bad direction. I was just reminded of this recently. Um, My wife and I were were at the uh, the gym recently at the 24-hour, and they just recently uh, redid their whole sauna. And I'm a sauna guy. Feels like I work out more because I sweat, you know. Just letting you in, my life, guys. And uh, they recently like, redid the, the whole floors, and I go to the sauna. I'm like, wow, that's the first time we're going to use it. And I, I'm, you know, excited. Like, the sauna's open again, and there's a sign, like, you know, you need to wear, like, proper, proper shoes. And there's, like, a picture of, uh, like, a flip-flop and, like, a slipper. You know, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like, that's a good shoe to wear. But my tennis shoes are also proper shoes. And so I go into the sauna, and there's some people with, like, socks on and some people with shoes on. And the, uh, the manager comes in and says, points to everyone with the shoe and he's like can you can you come out and and I just I felt like I I was in trouble and I was and he says you're not we're not allowing you to wear shoes in the sauna and I was like well who knew that and he's like well there's the sign I thought oh I thought those were just like good ideas of proper footwear like I didn't say no tennis shoes and so I I'm out side of the sauna, cooling down, thinking like, well, I didn't, I, I thought I could wear shoes. We've always been able to wear shoes. And all of us are just outside with our shoes on. And he's like, no, you got to take your shoes off. And 
it, it says here, it's always said here on the fine print. And I'm like, well, who reads the fine print? And I, you know, I'm getting this like little discussion with the manager. I was actually really chapped and frustrated. And what it was, was I just thought it was unclear. And I thought it was open to interpretation. And I interpreted it a certain way. And I didn't like getting called out of the song. And I didn't like that I had to take my shoes off and be there in my socks. And all of these things were happening. And at the end of the day, what I realized is I was having total emotional reactions. I was feeling it and I was expressing it. And I went home and I still was upset by that whole scenario. And as I look back, I was like the victim of what I'm talking about. It's just I, I had a trigger of something that I thought I was wrong. I saw wrong. I read wrong. I reacted wrong. And then I didn't like that I was wrong. But all of these frustrating things were, were really linked to all of those, like, my perceived notions of what should have happened and what did. And I bring that up just saying we, we face these things all the time. Just misunderstandings, maybe a view that we have versus someone else's view. And most of the time, what gets us into trouble is the emotional reaction to those things. Do you get what I'm saying? You have yours, I have mine. We all have those. And so it's okay to recognize that. In fact, it's helpful. You want to take a step back and you want to even say like, wow, what happened? Why am I like this right now? That's a really good question. Why am I reacting so strongly? Why am I so upset? So part of what you might have to do is just realize that you get triggered and sometimes you don't realize it. Why am I angry? Why am I frustrated? Like ask the why. And that will help you to begin to to process. And so I want to just kind of walk through uh, just some categories of beginning to evaluate. So evaluate is my emotion. So is the feeling I'm having uh, first, is it true or false? Uh, This is where you want to start. Is my emotion like, is it true or or false? Meaning, um, is it based on reality? Here's a scripture that that shows uh, what's at stake. Matthew 16. You might have heard this before. This is Peter um, Jesus is telling Peter, like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to die. I'm going to be crucified. My life is going to be taken from me. And Peter's like, I, no way. We've all left everything to follow you. And he says, but Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. So Peter's like, Jesus, you're, you're wrong on this one. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. Peter's actually having a, this, a strong emotional reaction. There's no way. This would be the end of everything that we know. The whole foundation of our movement would be done. In verse 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. Now talk about what would cause a strong emotional reaction. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely, what does it say? From a human point of view, not from God's. So with our emotions, there's always, in a way, two points of view. What's the human point of view? And what's God's point of view? And are they different? And God's point of view is always true. And so we don't ever have to question, like, well, is God's point of view the right view? It always is the right view because it's always true. So if we're at odds with God's point of view and my point of view, usually you just have to take a step back and say, okay, that must mean that my point of view is not true. You have to wrestle with that because you may not actually be there. There may be times, just like Peter, when you say, no, I don't think your idea could be right, God. 
Because there's no way that could happen. Not with all I've been through. But you have to take a step back and say, well, what's true and what's not? And God help me to see it. So the issue for this one is, is reality. What's actually going on? The issue is reality. If you could put that up there on the screen. The issue is, is reality. And you want to ask this question in your evaluation. Did my reaction align with reality? That's how you need to evaluate. Did my reaction align with reality? So did the way I react align with what is true? So Peter in that moment actually got insight into the future. Jesus said, this is going to happen. He's like, no way. And then Jesus says, Peter, you're not seeing it clearly. So now Peter has to, had to reevaluate. Okay, so how do I shift my reality based on the truth that Jesus just said? This has always happened. I don't know if you've ever reacted to something that you heard only to find it wasn't true. You ever done that? I've done that before. And then you think about all the time that you spent reacting to something that never actually happened according to what you thought. This is why gossip is so detrimental. Because what it does is it brings people into a situation they have no part in and actually don't even know if it's true. And so if somebody grumbles or complains about something or about someone and you join them in that grumble and complaint, what if their grumble and complaint is not even accurate? You've then like borrowed their offense. And maybe according to reality, they shouldn't have been offended. Maybe they misunderstood. Maybe they didn't actually know what was happening. It's very subtle, but we can be sucked into this emotion, even with things that aren't true. So did my reaction align with reality? Another category, this is another like layer, is, is, is my emotional reaction, is it wise or foolish? Now, in your mind right now, do you think there are certain reactions you could have that you could categorize always in a foolish category? Are there any reactions you could always say, you know what, if I reacted this way, it probably would always be foolish? Probably. And then the opposite, are there certain reactions you think, if I reacted emotionally in a wise way, it always looked like this? Well, it's helpful to think in those profiles. Like, just as a general, like, how would I know what a wise reaction is? In my own life, a wise reaction is usually, according to Scripture, what James 119, be uh, quick to listen. So emotionally, if I'm quick to react and I'm not quick to listen, I'm usually going down a foolish path. And I'm supposed to be quick to listen and slow to speak. So if my emotional reaction is causing me to speak quickly or sooner rather than later, oftentimes I'm going down a foolish path. That's how you kind of categorize. What does the scripture say about how I should speak or how I should act? And then you kind of create this category of the wise way versus the foolish. Proverbs 9 says this, if you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. That's saying like you can be justified in doing what you want to do because you feel strongly about it. But wisdom and folly still exist. So even if you feel strongly about something, you could still be wrong. And it could still lead you down a path that's not helpful. Uh, To scorn here, if you scorn wisdom, it literally means to mock or you laugh at God's ways. It's kind of like what Peter did. Jesus, you're off. There's no way this will happen. And then it said, suffer. You, you're going to suffer. Suffer is, is you, you are to deal with the debt and the weight of the consequences. So we live in a cause and effect universe. So despite what you feel, as strong as that may be, it could still be foolish. 
And your foolish reaction will cause folly, foolishness to come into your life. It means you're not spared even because you felt it and it just felt so right. You're not spared. Many people have made foolish decisions just because of a strong feeling. We know this, but it's hard when you feel it. And wisdom is the same. And the issue is not just reality here, but the issue is wisdom. And so here's a question for you. Will expressing this emotion be appropriate to this situation and enable me to move toward well-being? Now, this is just kind of humorous to me. Because if somebody and I, like if I was in a conflict with somebody and they took a step back and they said this, it would almost be humorous. Because like, who does this? Because again, we have a strong feeling and then we react. So the idea to even stop and ponder this question just seems like, who does this? Well, wise people. And so is this appropriate to this situation? Is this going to help me and the progress that I want to make? Is this going to help this relationship? Is this going to help the situation? If you're a parent, is this going to help the example I have to my kids? So when I got home from the gym, I'm telling my kids, like, I got in trouble today at the gym. I got busted. But, you know, my example, like, and I didn't like it. And I kind of walked through that. And as I told them, I was still a little bit fired up about it. But this idea of of wisdom and, and folly. And what's appropriate? That's a great question. That's why there's so much more than feeling and expressing. Feeling and expressing. And young people, this you really have to learn at a young age. And you have to be careful of the influences, especially music and movies, because it's like you just, you get sucked into the feeling and just reacting to it. But you want to learn how to live wisely, and your your parents can help you. And then another category is, is it right or wrong? So true or false, wise or foolish. And then right or wrong. Galatians 6, it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap for the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. This is actually connected to the wise and the foolish. So it's kind of like the in Scripture, the wise way or the righteous way or God's way is the narrow path. The idea is like not many people choose it. And then the broad and the wide way is the sinful path. It's just trusting what you feel and what you want to do, and you just follow your heart. You follow your feeling. But there is right and there's wrong. And so here the issue is is sin. So you go from reality to wisdom and then just sin. Is this sin? Does expressing this emotion align with God's will? That is, does it also align with his word? I don't know if you knew this, but there are actually some emotions that are forbidden by God. Like they always will lead to problems. So the first is pride, Romans 12, 3. Um, this isn't like being proud of, of something or someone, but it's a pride where you actually uh, think of yourselves as better than someone else. Anytime that, that emotion of pride comes in and you think you are better than someone else, it's sin. And you don't want to give into that or, or follow that, that emotion. Uh, gloating, especially when you feel justified and something happens to somebody and you're like, yep, I knew it. Vengeance. Scriptures say vengeance is the Lord's. Malice, 
that's this form of anger where you want to hurt somebody. You know, th- these, these emotions are forbidden. And so you don't even have to take a, you know, should I feel that or not? It's like when that comes, you really want to give that to the Lord. God, I feel, I'm prideful right now. I think I'm better than this person. Will you forgive me for that pride? And will you take that from me right now in the name of Jesus? You just have to pray and ask God. And so I just want to close with something that's been helpful to me. And, and actually our kids zone have, have learned this. And it, it's something that is a way that you can evaluate. And so I just want to give this to you on the front end. We'll, we'll dig into this more in this series. But um, you got to learn how to hey, say, pray, and obey. Uh, th- this is the right response. The hey, uh, the first part there is to recognize the emotion. Hey, I'm feeling angry. Hey, I'm feeling discouraged. Hey, I'm feeling that pride. Or I'm feeling that sadness. You have to recognize that emotion. Sometimes you just have to pray for God to help you because you're, you're feeling a certain way. You're not even sure what it is. And so you have to ask God, God, help me to, to see this. And then you, you say what the truth is in Scripture, like what you should do with that emotion that you're feeling or what you should do towards the opposite of that emotion. And then you pray, you ask God for help, and then you obey, you, you do the right thing. If you can remember this, actually, if you can go back to that chart, if you can remember this, this will be a big help to you in life. Hey, say, pray, and obey. And I have an example. Uh, I, I've battled discouragement throughout my life. Go back to the that first screen there. Identify the emotion. Hey, this is discouragement. There's just times I feel like I'm just, I'm down. I feel like I'm in a little bit of a pit of discouragement. I don't even know why. Have you ever felt something and you don't even know why you feel it? I felt that. You can feel depressed like that. You can feel discouraged like that. You can feel sad like that. You're not even sure. So you have to identify it. Hey, this is discouragement. There's something going on that's pulling me in a direction. That's why the hay is so important. You're not just letting it kind of be beneath, beneath the surface causing problems. And then for me, um, I'm told not to be discouraged. Joshua 1.9, this is what God told Joshua. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. That dismayed is discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So the Lord is telling you, like, don't give in to that. Don't do that. Don't go down that, that path of discouragement. You have to, hey, identify it. And then you have to, to pray what the truth is, Joshua 1.9. And you literally have to learn how to memorize Scripture that counter the emotion that you're feeling. We don't tend to do that, but that's part of how you evaluate. And then for me, I pray. It's like, God, I'm discouraged by this challenge. You ever been just discouraged by something you don't know how to get past? Seems I'm stuck, and I don't know how to move forward. Will you help me to trust in you right now? I just feel stuck, and you just you, you pray that to God. You, you're bringing God in to what you're feeling, your situation, and then you pray, I'll not give in to discouragement. And I pray against it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. You, you just, hey, say the truth, and then you pray. And then obey. So for me, when I'm discouraged, one of the impacts of discouragement for me is I tend to want to shrink back from my responsibilities because I, I just feel discouraged. If you're discouraged, you're not motivated to do the work that God's given you, right? Because you're discouraged. But oftentimes what you're tempted to do with that feeling represents the opposite of what you should do. And so for me, since I'm tempted to be slack-handed or I'm tempted to pull back, I have to lean in. So my obey step is today I'm going to work hard and not be passive in my assignments. I'll move towards the next right thing by whatever it is. So I want to sleep in all morning because I'm discouraged. So my obey step is like, God, I'm going to wake up at 7 when my alarm goes off. 
or because I'm really discouraged, 7.15. But I'm going to get up. And so you have to recognize, again, that pull, and then you have to go against it. Um, I hope this has been a help just, just to begin to get things categorized, wisdom, foolishness, right, wrong, true, false. Like, we have to be able to process our emotions. And then, hey, say, pray, pray and obey. It's going to take some time. So you may just have to start for a while and just the hey step, like, wow, there's lots of emotions. I feel I don't ever recognize. So you may just need to start there. Start where you are. And then if you need help, like I need scriptures that will help. Uh, Throughout this series, we're going to provide scriptures in these different emotional areas for you. So you can begin to claim uh, these truths. Um, To make your emotions work for you, it's going to require a few things. And I want to just close with this. Uh, The first is it will be a struggle. Because it's our feelings, and they're very strong. It's our emotions. When we feel something, we want to act on it, and that feels right. So that's okay. Like, that should feel right. That's part of how we're made. It's like we have a feeling, we want to react on it. And then it's going to require growing in self-control. This is contrary to just following our passions and feelings. Uh, Self-control is how we actually walk in the Holy Spirit. The idea is, like, God, help me to control my impulses and urges. That represents the flesh. And then help me to walk in your spirit, which represents self-control, because one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. So we have to learn how to do that. It'll also mean we have to pay attention to our thoughts, what's going on, especially as you have a trigger. What are things that you begin to think about? Stew on. What are the scenarios you're running? Those things impact your decisions. Uh, Scripture says to not let them slip through unchecked. Second uh, Corinthians 10 has been a big help for me. I think that's on the screen. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So there's all sorts of thoughts that we have that impact our emotions. The idea of take it captive means we screen them. But we have to learn how to do this. So hopefully this series will help you learn how to screen your thoughts as well. Don't just let them enter without processing what kind of a thought that is. Again, wise, foolish, true, false, right, wrong. And then finally, we have to just learn, like I mentioned, to walk in the spirit. We have to learn to rely on him. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Like, you got to walk in the Spirit or walk with the Holy Spirit. That can seem kind of vague. It actually happens the most in this area related to emotions. Because we're talking about, like, the inner person, what's happening on the inside. Galatians 5 says, but I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, really, the strong feelings, the strong impulses. So I hope this has given you just some categories. Okay, this is what scriptures say. Like, this is where I can fit some of the feelings I have. This is how I can fit some of the thoughts that I have. And here's maybe the categories that I'm dealing with as I feel that. So uh, if you have your notes, you, you, you have the scriptures on there. You have kind of the hey, say, pray, and obey. Look, you know, back, that, back at that this past week. I'm gonna invite Joel up. He's gonna wrap up our, our service. But I do wanna invite you to take some next steps. And uh, the first next step this morning is just to become a Christian if you never have. I'm talking about walking in the Spirit, but if you've never decided to follow Christ, uh, He's not leading your life, you're not surrendered to Him, then you don't have that power to change. And your emotions will just still just lead you. And so if you've never decided to become a Christian, you're not sure what that means, let us know on your connection card. We'll, we'll follow up with you. We'll send you resources. If you're ready to become a Christian, you're like, I, I want to follow Him. I want to admit my sin and confess that. I want to receive that forgiveness. Um, right new Christian will we'll follow up with you as well. A second next step, uh, by faith in God's power, address uh, the following emotion. 
in like it just there's this emotion that you keep having maybe you just you need to address that maybe you need to to ask God for help in that specific area anger fear sadness discouragement and then finally uh, come back just this next week we're going to dig in uh, over the next uh, four weeks after today we're going to dig into some really specific things I hope to give you some tangible scriptures and ideas that you can walk away with so that when you're left all by yourself with your feelings and emotions, you know what to do. So come back and join us. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the way that you made us and the way that you help us. And it's easy for us to get off track based on what we want to do and what we feel like we should do, but you're always there to guide us and you meet us right where we are. So we thank you for your guidance and the help that you give us. Thank you, Lord, that we don't just have to give in to um, our feelings and we don't just have to float following uh, our urges, but, but we actually are led by a God who loves us and leads us to the best kind of life. And so God, I pray that you'll just show us just instances in our life where we maybe have the wrong view of what happens to us. We have the wrong view of how to react to those things. And God, will your, your word really come alive to us, that we may rely on it in a new way. So I pray for every one of us here, Lord, that, that you'll speak to us in a specific situation that we're facing. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.